surprise Treading water that they drown I head on a swivel Yeah It's only really my surroundings Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter, at Dynasty underscore DadFF. And guys, we got the whole band back together. You know, we got the Dream Team, 92 style. Everybody's back, and there, there's so much to break down here. I mean, we're looking at, we're four games in. That's basically a third of the season, you know, a third, fourth of the season, depending on when you guys have playoffs. And the biggest question everybody has right now is, is what do I do with running backs? You know, and I know we really hammered it home with some guys last week. Uh, but this week, you know, we have to talk about the Javante Williams injury. We have to talk about a lot of things that are going on at that running back position that's just so muddied up right now that people are like, what do I do? You know, I think 90% of the questions I get right now on Twitter are, what am I doing with this running back? What am I doing with that running back? How do we navigate that? And, uh, you know, we're excited to bring that, that you know, intensity and, and talk about some of these guys. But before we do that, John, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks, but how you doing? We back, baby. Let's get it. Episode 106. Good to be One. here. Now, I really can't wait to break this down. Running backs is definitely uh, a huge topic for so many people. I've had a lot of people hitting me up and just kind of breaking down where we're at. What do, what do you need to do with your teams at this point in the season? What direction are you going to go? And so really looking forward to it. As always, you can find me at Dynasty underscore Trades. And as always, you know, Mung back on the show. Mung, the question right now is like, Javante Williams is the, the hype for everybody right now. And I know you just recently did your dynasty rankings, you know, and updated them. First off, you know, make sure everybody knows where they can find that. But where have you moved Javante Williams in your dynasty running back rankings at this point? Yeah, um, you guys can find the rankings, of course, over at Fantrax, and you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, that's M-E-N-G, but, uh, you know, right now he's sitting at RB16, and that's fluid because he's in that range where, obviously, if you're rebuilding, you're not trading him for guys in that similar range, like a Leonard Fournette um, or, you know, Austin Eckler, guys mm -hmm. like that, but... If you're if you're rebuilding right now, and we talked about this when we went over our Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins show last September, right when both of those guys immediately post injury, and right now I would take a 2023 first straight up over Javante Williams. Oh wow, okay, and I, I and that's that's great transition because I want to talk about. Uh, some of the polls, some of the things, I mean, our listeners are getting sharp, guys. I got to be honest, like the, the questions are getting better and better. The trades that they're pulling off, like if you guys have been listening to the show, I got I got to give you guys kudos. I mean, the first one, Daniel Taylor, he sent it, that's at Daniel Taylor underscore 90. He goes, Dad, you're going to be pumped with this, but I flipped Javante for a top three to four super flex rookie pick next year. And I'm like, at worst, you're getting Jameer Gibbs. I mean, that... Big time cowbell. I mean, that is what it's all about. I mean, John, Gibbs looked fantastic yeah. this past week. Mm -hmm. Bijan looked great again. The quarterbacks are going to be up there. I mean, this is the type of move where this is an absolute smash except. And I don't no think doubt. most of us are going to get that, you know. And I, I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's just th – this makes me proud. Like, these are the kind of moments where I just – I get excited, right? Because it's like – Proud of the kids. You nailed it. The other one, uh, Tommy Stauffer. And he sent one where I absolutely love that. At Tommy Style for seven. Mung, you're going to love this one too. He said he traded Jamar Chase and Cam Akers for, you ready for this? Jalen Waddle, Javante Williams, Trey Lance, and a first. That's how you rebuild, baby. That is like, that is just, you, you downgrade a little bit at wide receiver. And then you go ahead and, and you upgrade massively for next year. Running back, you get Trey Lance. You get that 23 first on top of it. you know. And I think that is the type of move where we just absolutely love that. So if you can go out there and you can try to make those kind of moves, do that right off the bat. But i gotta, I got to talk about what we have set up here. Is our man, you know, Mike, who was on the show, at Fantasy Nerd Boy, he was on last week. He set up a poll for us and trying to show what people are looking for for 20 you know, as far as 2023 picks and a value thread. 
78% said they still want the early 23 first. You know, and mm-hmm. I think yep. we're at a point now where I want to get both of your guys' opinions. How many running backs are over Bijan right now? I can't, to me, it's two. You know, and that and that's it. You know, so we got to yeah. talk about moving back. If that we're talking a potential top two or three pick, I only can think of two guys right now that I would prefer over Bijan Robinson. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I I'm guessing that Mong would would still say Saquon, and and you know JT, and I yep. I might I might even tend to agree with that. You know, I, but yeah, Bijan has to be right there in the top three, certainly top five. So any any chance you could you could take to get Bijan into the mix? I mean, come on, that's a no brainer. But yeah, I, I was just gonna for what it's worth, there's four, five other guys in this class too that you could pivot off to. So yeah. Yeah, and I think one thing that I keep telling everybody is I'm in one league where the 101 is not determined by lowest points possible. I am not the commissioner. Well, I am, but I took over, and I didn't want to change the rules. Mm-hmm. It is a, a toilet bowl. So right. when you're targeting teams right now that are 2-1 and one to get their 23 first, the guy that gets the 101 is not likely the worst team. It's that you want that range of like 8 through that mid, 5 yeah. through 8. You want the mid. Mid-team. You want to shoot for mm-hmm. them because – one of them is going to bring you home, Bijan, and, and, and give you that opportunity. Uh, Mung, would you agree right now, if you had that 101, I mean, it's Saquon, it's Jonathan Taylor, and that's about it. And and even, you, you have to be win now to even consider anything else. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys, and you know, DeAndre Swift's in that mix just because we're seeing that Detroit is going to just continue to be in shootouts all year long, right? Their defense is absolutely terrible. And, uh, you know, Swift, once he comes back from that injury, is going to be a big part of that passing attack. Um, Expect a lot of receptions for him. So, really, yeah, it's Barkley, Taylor, and Swift. And, really, if you're contending, maybe it's only Barkley right now because I'm not sure that Swift is going to be back for a few more weeks. And I'm not sure how efficient Taylor is going to be in this version of the Colts offense, especially coming back from it sounds like a fairly severe ankle injury. No, they've. What the last report I read is that he might even suit up on Thursday, but if not, he's back next week. So we're definitely going to talk about JT, and I, I want to you know expand on that quite a bit. Uh, but the next poll we have on here is a mid twenty three first of Javante Williams. Sixty two percent are preferring the mid. Now, John, you're our expert when it comes to that draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's say Gibbs is going four, but there's some other running backs here where you have to almost, it has to be neck and neck with Javante Williams. I mean, there's there's some other running backs in the class that probably go in that four through six range that it's pretty darn tight. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, if you're, again, coming back to this 2023 class, running back is the strength. It's the best running back class since 2017, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, that 2017 class is still five years later putting up points, although they are definitely aging and and that's causing some problems for us in the running back landscape right now. But for sure, I mean, I have Gibbs at four. I think though a lot of the consensus rankings have him at like five and six behind some of those top wide receivers. Yeah. But, but yeah, even after that, Sean Tucker had, had over 200 yards again, really explosive, has the track speed, broke a couple other big ones. And he, he's looks like an absolute workhorse getting a ton of carries. He hasn't always been super efficient, but he's just a big play waiting to happen, and he looks like an NFL starting running back workhorse to be. And then the other guy, Zach Evans, continues to look really good every time he touches the ball. And then even like Tank Bigsby has been looking really agile and quick this year and even getting involved in the passing game. Those five, I think you, you, you're all going to be decent pivots. Now, of course, it'll come down to draft capital and it'll come down to landing spot. But I'm feeling really good about the depth at running back in this class. But getting in, in any of those top four, Tucker, Evans, Gibbs, or Bijan, I'm feeling great about any of those guys pivoting off Javante to answer your question. And you you might even, just depending on your league, you might be able to pick up a little extra in addition to that 23 first. And I will tell you this last thing I'll say. I have a tier one of the top three guys, Bijan, Stroud, and Young. And then I kind of have a tier two right now that is still going to be in flux throughout the year. But four to nine, to me, anywhere in that range, I'm feeling pretty damn good about who I'm getting in return. 
I like it. The next poll is Javante Williams are a late 23 first. And this is where I think we can really start to do some actionable business. I mean, Javante Williams, it's a torn ACL, you know, a little MCL, PCL damage. Very, very similar to J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins came out this week. He looked good. You know, obviously he limped a little bit. But, I mean, two touchdowns. And we saw the value of Javante, or of, of Akers and of Dobbins go from, you know, completely depressed like Javante's is going to be right now. But then they crept back up into rounds three, rounds four, and I think Javante Williams is gonna gonna have that kind of bounce back. And I know among you, know, we, we you were saying any twenty three first. Twitter has sixty six percent Javante, thirty four percent random twenty three late first. And I think what we can extrapolate, what we can take out of that is, it looks like you're gonna be able to get a twenty three first plus maybe a. If you are a contender, a 23 first and Miles Sanders, a 23 first and, you know, a, a James Conner, a 23 first, you know, and a, and a move like that where you're still getting some production and you get that 23 first if you're trying to get out. But I think there's also some scenarios here where, you know, if I'm in a year one punt, I might make a, a, a transition to Javante. I just don't. I mm-hmm. hate giving up 23 firsts. Mung, does that, does that kind of – I know you, you were – does that kind of analysis make sense? And it, I feel like based off of what we're seeing here right now, I mean, Javante Williams' value is not going to go back up again until March. You know, right now it is just going to slowly depress because, you know, the best the best ability is availability, and we know there's nothing there right now. Yeah, and again, you know, I'll walk through my thought process, which is similar to what we discussed when we talked about Akers and Dobbins way back when last year, right? Because – over the next few months, again, the only guaranteed assets that are going to increase in value and potentially dramatically in some leagues are those 2023 rookie mm-hmm. picks, those first round rookie picks in a very strong class. And, you know, as John said, I follow, I read his threads every weekend of, of the different college, um, you know, stars and the preliminary rookie rankings. That's super mm-hmm. helpful for someone like me who's not as tuned into the college football world. And, I mean, these guys have incredibly high potential, whereas when you're looking at a risk-reward asset like Javante Williams right now, who was in a committee, uh, even when healthy, to start this year, right? And Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee that he's going to go into some workhorse role once he comes back next year. Maybe he looks good like J.K. Dobbins has started to, um, mm-hmm. although he's still in a committee with Gus Edwards coming back, and a lot of his workload came this past week after Justice Hill was injured with his hamstring. Um, you're looking at potentially a, a Cam Akers-type situation where I think Williams will get more explosiveness back because you know it's the ACL with complications, not the Achilles necessarily. But who's to say that Denver doesn't add someone like a Daryl Henderson if you know Mike Boone plays well this year, um, they could re-sign Melvin Gordon again, who hasn't looked good, or just another veteran running back. But you're really banking on Williams returning to what he was a mid-range RB two when healthy early this year, and that's probably you know a, a close to best case scenario. Versus if you look at this past rookie draft, some of the guys going in that mid to late first round range. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, these guys, you could have gotten, you could have sold the 108, 109, 110 rookie picks back in May for J.K. Dobbins plus, for Cam Akers plus. So mm-hmm. the fact that you can flip Williams right now for potentially a 2023 first plus, I would be all over that kind of move. Yeah, and I think the plus is the key there, and that's what we talk about mm-hmm. insulation there. Yeah, I agree. I do think Javante Williams at 22 years old has, you know, he was out there 4.3 yards per carry. The biggest thing right now is 16 receptions. You know, that puts him in a spot yeah. right now over four weeks with with a poor offense, you know, not even full four full off, mm-hmm. offensive weeks. And it looks like they kind of turned the corner a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit. Um, but I, I see what you're saying, and I, I that's what what's great about Dynasty is I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to buy some Javante shares. And on mm-hmm. your end, you're going to go out and sell some. And that's where there's definitely some value to be had. And that's what we want to break down here. I ran a poll that was like, let's start talking about some players, right? You know, we all love 23 first. Let's talk about Najee Harris. I mean, Najee Harris is struggling right now. We obviously, Kenny Pickett took over and he didn't get a single target. If he got those touchdowns, it's a different game. I mean, he was back up to, you know, 76 rushing yards, which was better, his best performance so far. 
Uh, the Twitter poll is who would you rather have, Najee or Javante? It's 64-36. If you add a second in there right now, I feel like if you give up Javante in a second, you can get yourself Najee Harris. Um, the comment underneath that one, biggest one, was was from Dynasty Jacobian. And he said, you know, Javante will be Najee's current age two years removed from this ACL surgery. Because Javante is 22 years old. Uh, Javante is a superior talent, he says. As long as I'm a contender, I'd still prefer Javante. That being said, Najee should command more value. So, you know, as long if it's Najee in a second, or I'm sorry, Javante in a second or Najee Harris, which way would you prefer, John? I mean, if I'm contending, I got to tell you, I'm probably not targeting Najee right now, but just straight value. I'm actually going to be Javante in the second over, over Najee. I don't know if that surprises you, uh, but I, I still do believe in him to some degree. Uh, but if I'm moving Javante in the second, I might be targeting someone other than Najee. But well, the- I mean, he just hasn't looked that great. I, I do agree. I mean, yeah. Pickett's going to help. Probably the whole offense will improve, but the efficiency there and the volume you know, may not always be there for Najee, so that's, that's my concern. That's a perfect segue because then the next one was Javante Williams or Nick Chubb in a second. And that okay. one, I think if you can get Nick Chubb and a little bit for Javante Williams, you know, you're like you're in a situation where that. right now Nick Chubb is the RB2 overall, only .1 behind Saquon Barkley. Saquon. So, I mean, yeah. if you can get Nick Chubb, I don't think I'd do it straight up. I, I, think, I think you could probably – Get it yeah. for maybe Nick Chubb and a maybe a pick swap, maybe a mm-hmm. Nick Chubb mm-hmm. and, like a, and a Robert Woods type, you know, or or someone like that where you get a feeling or a Woods added in because you're win okay. now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I there think Nick Chubb looks fantastic, and I think you know that that's the type of move I would like. Mung, I want you to talk about the next one here because this is a move that I saw happen twice on Twitter where someone gave up Javante Williams in a second for DeAndre Swift. You alluded to DeAndre Swift in that. That offense, I mean, the reason Jared Goff looks good is I've never seen this. They're scoring 35 points per game, but the defense has given up 35.3 points per game, which is going to make that offense just, it's why I'm on Raw at St. Brown. If Jamison Williams comes back, if DeAndre Swift, I mean, I want as many pieces of that Lions offense is because that defense is so bad. Yeah, like I mentioned, right, uh, this time of year, my dynasty rankings align much more closely with rest of season redraft rankings because that's how the valley is going to shift over the next few weeks and months is if they're performing well in season their dynasty valley will climb higher regardless of what we project them to be to be in 2023 and beyond and right now that means i want deandre swift and amon ross st brown for the remainder of this 2022 season as you said the lions are i believe the top scoring team in the league or close to it um, and because they're giving up that many points per game in these constant shootouts. And, and with DeAndre Swift's pass-catching potential, even with Jamal Williams vulturing some of that goal-line work, I mean, he's going to be a strong option for the rest of the year for a contending team. And I would absolutely take him um, if, if all it's costing you is Javante Williams in a second-round pick. And I think that's that great idea of like, okay, you know what? I got a 22-year-old running back here in Javante Williams. I really like him. You know what? I can add a second and keep a nice, young, upside running back like DeAndre Swift. And if you can do that one, now Twitter has it 76-24, but I did see two owners pull that trade off. So, I mean, I would I would not pay a 23 first on top of Javante Williams, but a 23 second or maybe mm-hmm. two, you know a pair of seconds to keep – in that same tier because they were in that same that same area preseason. This is a fun one, John, and we were talking about it a little bit. Javante Williams and the 105 or Jonathan Taylor. Now Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor is winning this one 62%. I own Jonathan Taylor in every almost every league. I mean, he yeah. was my 101 rookie draft. He he's that guy where now we're we're struggling a little bit. You know, in the offense, they're struggling a little bit to see some of the value right now because he's coming in at RB twenty-two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right behind Kareem Hunt. Now he did miss part of the game, um, you know, but that was late in the game. My thing with Jonathan Taylor, and I, I can't sell Jonathan Taylor right now. I floated no, I it out couldn't. there. No. People have offered me Najee straight. People have offered me Mixon no. plus a little bit, and now is not the time to nope. sell him. The ankle injury does sound like he avoided the high ankle sprain. But mm-hmm. what we know of Jonathan Taylor 
is he has always been a second half type running back. I know, mm-hmm. you know, year one was because they were there was extra usage in there. But I feel like this year, above any other years, I feel like Twitter and the fantasy community gets less and less patient. It's more about week to yeah. week. And we look at, we're not paying attention that Matt Ryan is is acclimating to a new offense. We're not paying attention that Russell Wilson was acclimating to a new offense. We're just like, they should come in and dominate week one. And the offensive line doesn't have that same gel there. I mean, I, I think if I'm looking at this correctly, I mean, if you got that opportunity, if, is it Javante Williams and Gibbs? Now, I mean, that, that that's crazy to me as well because I could see this from either side. If I'm... If I am a non-contending team, if I have a chance to get Javante Williams plus a guy like like Gibbs or you know some of those other running backs that you're talking about, I think this is a trade that we got to think about. Yeah, I'm still, for the most part, not selling JT. I agree that you got to think through each one, but just general guidance, really not a good time to sell JT. And and frankly, I think you're right that it it just takes just a little bit of patience nobody has the patience though when you're like the number one dynasty running back prospect everybody expects it every week week in week out and we did see that down the stretch but as a reminder we did not see that to start 2021 with Carson Wentz in the line and the offense Mm -hmm. but I still believe in Frank Reich and I do think that Matt Ryan can get it going to help a little bit with all the stack boxes that JT's been dealing with JT still looks fine I mean, it may be difficult for him to maintain that pace, but uh, that like like he had last year. But he's actually getting quite a bit of targets. I don't know if you all had realized that, but he's he's getting yeah. looked at there. He's running a lot of routes. They're using him that way too. They know he's in many ways the centerpiece of the offense, and I think they'll figure it out. So I think he's a guy that I want on my team in, in just about any scenario. It, it's so, touchdowns yeah. right now. I mean, is what it is. Yeah, so, just you know, been there. people are just coming to me like, hey, Jonathan Taylor's a bust right now. Four yards a carry, 328 rushing yards across four games. I mean, you know, that that's that's in the top 10 when it comes to rushing total. It's just not punching it in. And that Colts right, offense right. seems to struggle uh, quite a bit right now. I mean, I'm saying if I am not in contention, we're, we're, we're moving back to Javante. And if it's a mid that has a chance to become better like mm-hmm. if you have a, some kind of scenario here where you can do that mm-hmm. i think that's an interesting trade at least worth kicking the tires among let we started talking about taylor and i didn't mean to cut you off before uh, but you know i know you're usually a little bit less risk averse what are we doing here with taylor in a in a trade where we're talking javante plus a mid 23 first yeah no and i think that's fine and uh, I don't think you guys and a lot of listeners who have Taylor are probably not going to enjoy what I'm about to say. And I, I'm super nervous about Taylor rest of season for multiple reasons. Um, one, you guys mentioned the inefficiency of the Colts offense overall. It's helping that he's been getting receptions. Uh, but so much of his production came from touchdowns and long touchdowns last year including five in that one crazy upset Mm -hmm. over the bills and Mm -hmm. uh he had some pretty down games outside of those that was part partially one of the reasons where i i considered mccaffrey over him in redraft um and in general i think obviously the talent's still there we know that with jonathan taylor but even looking at his last game even before the ankle injury uh, 2.2 yards per carry against the titans run defense that is not good uh, it's a Titans run defense that, is, that got gashed by Saquon Barkley in week one. Um, they got crushed by the Raiders uh, in week two or uh, week three, I believe. Um, yeah, it's just it's not looking good for the Colts offense as a whole. So I, while I think that it's not a good time to sell Taylor, it might actually get worse over the next few weeks um, where, again, I'm fine with holding him. But if you're on a contending roster, I would consider look looking to move off of Taylor for a, another productive running back plus. Um, and then the other factor is, obviously, I am not a doctor. I'm not anywhere close to being in the medical field. But we're getting conflicting reports, right? We, we have a lot of reports where the ankle injury isn't that serious after initially being reported as a high ankle injury. But if you'll recall, I, I'm getting shades of Saquon Barkley from last season, where 
He avoided a high ankle sprain. It was not a high ankle sprain. He came back within two or three weeks, but he just didn't look quite as explosive for the rest of the season last year. And yes, part of that was coming back from the ACL, but early in the year, Barkley was looking really good over the first three or four games last year. And my concern is that the dual factors between potentially a lingering ankle injury, again, I'm not a medical professional, but the risk is there. Uh, And then two, just the Colts offense not looking great in general could really limit. It wouldn't shock me if Taylor is outside of the top 12 running backs in points per game rest Mm -hmm. of the season. See, I am also not a doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn once uh, (laughs) last night. So, you know, I'm looking at things like the panic button of last year. He was 20th. This year he's Mm -hmm. 22nd in fantasy points per game through four weeks, you know. And we're looking at things that matter. You know, running backs with 70% snap share. He's one of only 10 guys. You know, he's in, in that area. I'm not ready to hit the panic button, but I understand what you're saying. You know, like we're at a spot where he saw 87% snap rate in week four. His previous high was 77. Third in red zone snap rates, only behind Christian McCaffrey and Mixon. Second in total red zone touches, only behind Damian Pierce. He's going to get in the end zone, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm excited to see what, what – can actually come of that. But right now I, I saw my man Nick Scripp at P2W put, if you were a contender, would you trade away Jonathan Taylor in a deal to get Saquon Barkley? 65% of people said yes to that answer. You know, and I, I think that one is a little bit alarming to me because I'm excited for Saquon. But let's talk about Saquon next. I mean, that's definitely the next one on here. I have Javante Williams and a random 23 first or Saquon Barkley among that that's your guy, so I'm gonna let you go there first. But if you have this, and I know we we can play one way or another. We're just straight up value wise. If you have Saquon, you're not. I, I'm assuming based off your comment before, we're not moving. Even if it, it's kind of a tricky situation in that question. But 54% said Saquon, 46 said Javante, and a random 23 first. Which way are you going? Yeah, I, I declined that very deal earlier this morning on a team where I'm rebuilding and looking to sell Barkley. I think you can get more. Uh, I think Barkley is going to continue to look good over the next few weeks. And in general, if I'm contending, I, I'm not moving off of Barkley. Uh, I would rather have Barkley straight up rest of the season over Jonathan Taylor, over DeAndre Swift. Um, I have him at RB1 in my current dynasty rankings, which again aligns more with redraft mm-hmm. uh, this time of year. But if you're contending, there's really no reason to move Barkley. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're rebuilding, I, I think, again, some people are still not fully on board after a couple of down years from Barkley. Mm-hmm. And you just keep holding until you get some legitimate offers. I, I think with the rebuild and the, the part that I suggest to people a lot is it gets very difficult, right? So, like, if Saquon Barkley were to go down to injury this week and miss the rest of the season – that value depreciates a lot more than what you have for the the insulated trade there right now. But I get that completely. Um, some of the other trades, you know, we have here, among our um, John. This one, you know, your boy Joe Mixon in a twenty three second is a very interesting one. Javante fifty five, Mixon forty five. You know, if you are a contender, if you get Mixon in a second, I'd be quite happy to be honest. Yeah, I, I actually am a known. Joe Mixon, Truther, and I would probably take that deal. And I've actually seen people have been kind of hard on Joe Mixon so far this year because of the efficiency and, you know, the low yards per carry. But I'm loving the workload and the results this guy's cranking out week on no, week. Number he's, one in carries. Yeah, he's leading know, all like, running backs with um, – actually with expected PPR points per game as well with 24 by considerable amount, by the way. He's on a again, record pace for touches too. He's he you know he's he's got twenty four, uh, twenty four targets, which is top five. Yep. It, once he, he starts punching into the end zone a little bit more, I mean Joe Mixon's mm-hmm. gonna he's definitely a buy low. Uh, the other guy that yep. we thought was That's a great. buy low last week, and this is one where I was surprised. Same thing. Twitter still prefers Javante over Austin Eckler in a second. And I know Mung, you and I have really been on the charge of selling Austin Eckler. You have the your best window right now after his you mm-hmm. know monster Big three. Game three touchdown game and now he's taken that average and he's gone from a fringe you know that rb12 range now he's the rb3 and i think Mm -hmm. you know with that recency bias i think we can at least start to kick the tires and see what we can get for eckler 
Yeah, and again, sell is relative, right? Because mm. I, I don't think that he's going to keep up this type of pace where he's scoring 30-plus points per game. But before that, he wasn't terrible, right? I mean, he right. was getting double-digit points. Um, so, again, it, it all depends because if you're contending, then, yeah, I, I'm absolutely looking to move Javante Williams for guys like Mixon, Eckler, even Derrick Henry, especially if you're getting a, a second or maybe a couple mm-hmm. seconds on top. Totally I don't know agree. that anyone's paying a first on top of those guys, but that would definitely be a smash at that I, point. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that too, because Leonard Fournette and a 23 first was, was the poll. Would you trade, you know, you said you'd do it straight up for an even 23 first. 80% of people said they would rather have Javante Williams than Leonard Fournette and a 23 first. And Leonard Fournette right now is the RB 16, 14 points per game. I know he's coming off a three carry negative three you know, yards, but he's still up there in the receptions. I mean, 19 receptions, 111 yards, and again, zero rushing touchdowns. So Leonard Fournette, I think, you know, that is that is the type of deal where you were talking about, where it's like you can get something on top. If that something on top is a potential RB1 like Leonard Fournette, I think that is an absolute smash. Yeah, I mean, how many how many games are the Bucks going to be trailing 20 points? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, they, they gave up, what was it? They gave up, I think, 17 total points in the first three weeks. Uh, they got yeah. Atlanta this week, Pittsburgh, Carolina. They're going to be leading in all those games, and Fournette's going to be just fine. All right, so we started mm-hmm. out with, with Javante. Now we're going to move to 23 first. I mean, let's talk about 23 verse, first versus these players. So right now, the three guys that I get asked the most – and I, I think Mixon's above a 23 first. But it's it's Dalvin Cook, it's Derrick Henry, and Leonard Fournette. Those are the guys that, that, John, people are coming to me and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm 3-1. and one. I feel like I'm a pretty good team. And we talk about it all the time. Assess your roster. Like, yes. look at your points possible. Look at everything. Don't just be like, I'm 3-1. and one. Because you guys know, like Smash 1, there are four teams that are automatic buys. I'm one of them. You know, like, I, I've rebuilt to the point where... It's just uh, we we got to come up with you know there used to be suck for luck we got to come up with something that rhymes with Bijan, Dijon for Bijan no but I mean like we have to put ourselves put some mustard in, on it yeah. yeah yeah there you go but you gotta you gotta assess your situation and see where you're at if these are random twenty three firsts are you willing to pay that for the services of Derrick Henry Dalvin Cook Leonard Fournette um and, you know you have to at least start talking about a little bit. Austin Eckler is probably going to cost you plus, but Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs. I mean, these are these are some of the names in there that I'm seeing 23 first go for. And I'm, I'm just a little leery that I trade my 23 first for Derrick Henry and he goes down. And now yeah. all of a sudden I'm I'm out and that 23 first becomes, you know, Boutte or Smith and Jigba or someone that's just, I'm going to kick myself for years. Yeah, I agree. I, w- I really would try to do everything you can not to move your 23 first. And like I said, I have kind of a top nine. So especially if you think that what you're trading for could be a playoff team in that, that 10, 11, 12 range, I'd really hesitate to um, trade you know, for that. But on the flip side, you know, if you're, you're considering trading your 23 first, I, I would definitely be hesitant to do it. I would look at maybe shipping your second and another player for one of these guys, mm-hmm. like an aging running back, like a Derrick Henry or an Eckler or, or a Mixon. I do like all those guys. In fact, I have those three running backs on my smash one roster, which is um, humble brags in first place right now. But yeah, those guys are because they're aging. You can be had for values. Just see if you can avoid shipping that 23 first. I really would hesitate to do it even on those contending rosters. And, and the, the move that I'm making, and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about the other guys soon. We're going to talk about the guys you can buy cheaper. Um, but if, if you're making that move, Mung, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of, I would pay a 24 first and a 24 second for Derrick Henry okay. or, or, yeah. or Dalvin okay. Cook. I would make that move because that gives me two years to get that pick back. But I'm really, really struggling advising anybody trading 23 first for Aaron Jones and Henry and Jacobs and, and Dalvin yeah. cook. And it, I, I just, I struggle with it. Like it, it, I've made the move in the past, you know, mm-hmm. where I thought it was yeah. a fantastic move where I traded, I believe I got, um, it might've been, I got Dalvin cook, but I gave up JK Dobbins and a first and that random first became Jamar chase. 
and I, that sticks in the back of my head. We preach insulated trades, <laughs> yeah, a reverse insulated you. trade that just yeah. haunts me every time I look right. at my rosters. But, Mung, talk to me a little bit about these 23 first in comparison to those guys. And is anybody giving up Derrick Henry for a 24 first and a second? So the answer, if you're contending, is yes, I would pay a 2023 20, first for those running backs, but maybe not yet. Um, again, these are guys where, yeah. like you said, if they all of a sudden get hurt, then you're out a first. Yeah, that's good and advice. If you're if you're two and two or three and one, and you just lost uh, Javante Williams. Let's say you don't need to panic and go out and immediately try and replace him with an all-star running back because, one, you don't have the leverage because those teams who are holding a Derrick Henry or a, or a Dalvin Cook, they know that you're desperate and you're looking for running back help, right? Uh, you can you can see how the next couple of weeks go, right? If you go one and one the next couple of weeks, you're still in the playoff hunt. You're, you're not dead mm-hmm. in the water. Um, and by week eight – week seven, week eight, you'll know if you're a true playoff team, if you add one of those running backs or not. And at that point, you're decreasing the amount of time that they have to, um, one, get hurt, and two, at that point, you'll see if Dalvin Cook really is getting better because he's just been unlucky with touchdowns. He's been getting that workload. Uh, And then also, at the same time, over the next few weeks, you know, hopefully you've built a pretty good roster if you are really a contender. I I know on one of my teams – um, I have McCaffrey. I've been lucky to have him healthy, uh, knock on wood, to start the year. But at RB2, I've been swapping in and out. Uh, I played Khalil Herbert this past week. Um, I'm going to plug in Melvin Gordon the next week. I have a bunch of guys who I can make do with at RB2 and hopefully scrape away uh, you know, with a few close wins over the next few weeks and go the other know, even two and three. The and other guys. So, Right. And so if you lost, uh, let's say, Javante Williams or Jonathan Taylor for a couple weeks, uh, hopefully you have a good enough roster where you can Mm -hmm. maybe still win the next couple weeks Mm -hmm. without anyone at RB2. If you're starting, you know, plugging in, I don't know, like Craig Reynolds or Caleb Huntley or, you know, even some desperation guys. But if the rest of your team is good enough, you don't need to go out and make a panic buy move. We talk about panic selling a lot. But a lot of times people feel the immediate need to replace those all-star players with another one, even if it requires an overpay. Whereas if you go yeah. two and one the next couple weeks or even two and two the next few weeks with, you know, not a not great RB2, some other teams might be, you know, currently think they're contending, but mm-hmm. soon rebuilding in a few weeks. And then you'll be able to get a running back for a little bit cheaper at that point. Love it. And that's why yeah. I've been advocating the insulated trades of trading mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook for a running back plus and getting that 23 first. The timing, what you said, and that, that just brings me back to a podcast where you and I did this last year where we talked about buying Connor and Fournette and we were getting them week 12 and they won us championships. And I, I love that, Mung, you know, just bringing that back full circle because it is cyclical. There's no point to deal a 23 first now unless you get an absolute clear advantage. I mean, if you're going out there and dealing a 23 first for like a Diggs or a guy that is is going to be, let, you know, the running backs are what's volatile, and that's what the the difficulty is right now of trying to make those kind of picks. A guy that, you know, my friend Mike Young, he's in multiple leagues, he's in Smash uh, Smash 4 and a couple other leagues with me. He's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to push Derrick Henry. What do you want? You know, and I was like, well, I'm, he, go, he wanted the 123 first. I was like, it's top four. You're not touching it. The other one was 108. I'm like, I'm not doing that right now. Like, I have Saquon. I have Kamara. I have Jonathan Taylor. I was like, I don't need him. It would be a great luxury. You know, we all want to build those sexy rosters and, and get into that situation. But the other part of that, John, is a lot of people panic right now this time of year. So right now, I'm 1-3 in three or 0-4, oh and, and I have Derrick Henry. And I put him on the trade block and say, highest bidder is going to get him. So now you're in a situation, John, where it's like, I have that late 23 first, but somebody else might buy Derrick Henry and put me out of it. And I think that's the other side of the token that you at least have to look at. Yeah, you really do. And you know, I'm, I'm really in agreement with Mon. It's great advice to kind of hold because you have more time to assess your own roster and the other rosters as well, like where you think the pick, your pick's going to fall and their pick's going to mm-hmm. fall. But really, 
you, you really need to start be making a move. I mean, as we approach the playoffs, of course, things will change and you know, we'll start to give a little bit different advice for those that are still contending down the stretch and, you know, playoff John will show up and he'll be, he'll be making sure that he, he, he basically <laughs> gives up all his picks for maximum value. It'll be worth more then than they are now. So, it, but right now I think you're absolutely right to be kind of cautious, look at the values on your roster and see what's out there, kind of kick the tires, but you don't need to panic in either direction at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, now I want to talk about, we're going to shift here a little bit. We talked about Javante Williams, uh, not as big of a name, but Corderell Patterson is now placed on IR, you know? So now we have a, right. he's got a knee injury, meaning he's out at least the next four weeks. We need to talk about who's the next guy up for the Falcons. I mean, are we going out there? Mm-hmm. Are we putting some, some? you know, is it is it Al Jair? Is it Huntley? Is it going to be, I mean, Damian Williams is obviously out, so someone's got to shoulder the yeah. load here. That might be a scenario where we can we, we can pick up a player. Or we didn't talk about it with Javante Williams, but, I mean, Melvin Gordon Mike is Boone. thrust into that area. Mike Boone is a guy that, you know, we talked about in February on the, on the Stash podcast where, you know, He's as good of a stash as Tom Selleck. You know, we got to have him in there ready to roll. And I think, you know, Melvin Gordon's had the fumble issues. Mike Boone has shown a lot of upside in the past. Are you guys interested in any of those four guys? And, I mean, I feel like it's all got to be at cost. But I think the opportunity is there for someone. Melvin Gordon has been in RB2 in the past. Mike Boone shows a ton of flash. I mean, these are some guys where I think we can make some, some value one way or another. Yeah, I think of that group, if I had to jump in here, I'm highest on Mike Boone. And I was looking into this guy a little bit. He He's very athletic. He's 5'10", 206. Now, people are kind of down on him because he was an undrafted running back out of Cincinnati. But he, I mean, he actually ran a 4'4", 940, and his best trait might be his burst. Like, if you watch him on the field, boom, hits the hole. Mm-hmm. And he, he really does have nice boost and acceleration. And I think if he can take on that, pass catching role that Javante was getting. It's really not Melvin Gordon's strength and he's getting some work as well between the tackles. Maybe he becomes the primary guy in the committee. If they lose faith in Melvin Gordon, I think that scenario is there. It could be big. And and, I mean, look, the quickest way to get in the doghouse and lose work in the NFL is fumbling. And Melvin Gordon does lead the NFL right now with four fumbles. And so, um, you know, even if his work in the second half of that game, Three carries for 20 yards. I think one went for 13. Mm-hmm. You got three targets in the game. Got a catch for nine yards. I mean, he can he can actually get it done. The other guys, I'm not as high on. Maybe we get Mung to well, to weigh in on this. But yeah, what would what you pay think? for Boone? That's the real question. Because you yeah. kicked you kicked a 25 third to me in Smash One, and I'm rebuilding, yeah. and I was like, can't mm-hmm. do it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. would you do it for a, a 23 third? Would you do it for would it cost you two 23 thirds? I mean, Melvin Gordon, yeah. there has been six fumble pick, fumble sixes. So fumbles returned for touchdowns in the last two years. He has three of them. You know, he is, yeah. seems to be fumbling, and he's a guy that needs a lot of work. I mean, I'm still buying Melvin Gordon. I have him everywhere mm-hmm. just stashed away. But what are you paying for Gordon? I feel like Gordon's probably a – I would be comfortable paying a late second. But you're saying Boone's your guy. What are you comfortable paying? Yeah, on, on the Melgo, maybe a late second. But maybe it's a uh, second, third pick swap for Boone. Okay. That might be kind of interesting, right? I already tried that, but I'm out of thirds when I was playing with you there. So, <laughs> Monk okay. – Anything to add to the Denver situation? And let's talk a little bit about the Atlanta situation. I know it's potentially only a four-game stretch there, but Huntley's out there on a lot of waiver wires in Dynasty. Yeah, real quick on Denver. I I don't know that I'm – so first off, I stashed Boone in multiple Dynasty leagues because these types of things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that they're all of a sudden the solution to your team, right? Um, Oh, right. Whether you lost Javante or – Cordero Patterson or whoever it might be. I actually think Melvin Gordon might see more of that passing down role. Uh, Boone didn't, okay. wasn't really used a ton as a receiver in college. We saw him drop a pass uh, on Sunday against the Raiders. So I, I think Gordon could actually benefit more um, from the receiving work mm. uh, while the hype is a little bit more on Boone. So, you know, I, I would say that even this early in the season, I would look at it more from a value play. Even if you if you need an RB two and you're contending, but you can get a second 
for Mike Boone, I would still sell and figure out your RB2 position over the next few days or, or next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, because at this point, I, I think I would rather pay a little bit extra for a guy like Devin Singletary, who mm-hmm. has become the workhorse again, you know, in Buffalo, but he doesn't command a whole lot of trade value, right? No one's paying a first for Singletary. You can still get him for a second uh, in a lot of leagues. Um, and then from the Atlanta side, again, I think Caleb Huntley is out there in a lot of leagues. I assume Al- Algier, Algier, I don't even know how to say his name. Al- Algier, I, um, either way, he is rostered in most dynasties, right? Yeah. But a lot of people are going to be spending fab to pick up Caleb Huntley. And yeah, I mean, take a shot on him. I wouldn't spend a whole lot, but they're playing the Bucks and then the Niners the next two weeks. I don't know what you're really expecting production-wise out of either of those Atlanta running backs. Um, if you're desperate for production on a contending team, I would rather just, you know, pray someone on your roster uh, can give you like a JD McKissick. I'd rather pay a third for McKissick right now, who's overlooked in PPR formats, um, than spend a ton of fab or trade, uh, you know, a pick mm-hmm. for uh, Caleb Huntley or something like that. Uh, you could probably get Damian Williams for cheaper, right? By the time they're past these two brutal matchups over the next two weeks, Williams could be back from IR from the rib injury, and he was the starter even over Cordero Patterson week one before he got hurt. So there's a good chance that um, your fab is being wasted on Caleb Huntley. Uh, so I, you know, I'm bidding on him because I, I think the upside is still there. We don't know, but I I would not be bidding a ton of fab for these yeah. kind of guys. Yeah, we're just trying to add those running backs. The other, I mean, right. you talk about next guy up. Latavius Murray was claimed mm-hmm. after he came out there and put up 13.5 fantasy points he was claimed by Denver too so it's like that's a, a much cheaper option to go out there on the wire and you know Mung started to allude to some of those other guys we're going to hit but Mung or uh, John I know you wanted to add a little bit to that situation well, as well. I think that with the Falcons the other thing I was going to say is <laughs> Mariota threw an interception and uh, you know Arthur Smith basically decided you know what we're done we just they just stopped throwing the ball. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to look at the box score, but they ran the ball 14 times in a row, and I, I don't think that that's really going to be a sustainable type of game plan for them. So mm-hmm. it was it was weighted a little bit too heavy in that game. I think Arthur um, Pitts has. I, th- I think Arthur Smith has Kyle Pitts. Uh, he plays against yeah. him in fantasy these first couple weeks because yeah. him getting like 60 percent snap share. That's yeah. They'll we turn that around a little bit. Atlanta just like moves in a different direction. Maybe there they get in, Ritter in there. Season. Yeah, you maybe know? we see a little Ritter and see what yeah. the offense looks like. They have nothing to lose. So, you know, we, we talk about the other guys. I love that movie. You know, Mark Wahlberg's like, I'm a peacock. you got to let me fly. <laughs> there are these situations here where these are the running backs that, like, we're not advocating paying those 23 firsts, but these guys right now are putting up the points where you can buy them considerably cheaper. I mean, you got to look at Jamal Williams. If you had Jamal Williams stash, he's out there right now. And Jamal Williams, while, while Swift has been – out has been amazing right now he is rb6 and i think you know you can go out there and get him considerably cheaper cheaper jeff wilson has gone out and and performed admirably where he's right now you know rb30 but over the the last two three weeks he's really started to put up points miles sanders you can still get miles sanders for a second round pick he's the rb9 and philadelphia offensive line is just a juggernaut and he has looked fantastic as the lead back there and clyde edwards hilaire right now is the RB4. And I know a lot of that has to do with touchdowns, but you still can't, still getting five yards of carry, and he's and he's got 13 receptions and three receiving touchdowns. Uh, Khalil Herbert, we talked about a lot last week. We talked about Madison a lot last week. But then you got Devin Singletary there as well, where, you know, another guy that is putting up points. He's RB23. He has .6 less per game than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, there are guys that you can go out there and buy on the cheap that are going to produce better than paying a 23 first for Derrick Henry when right now Miles Sanders is averaging the exact same amount of points as Derrick Henry at a fraction of the cost without the risk of losing that 23 first. Yeah, and if you're desperate too, you can go even cheaper, right? A third for a guy like J.D. McKissick. Um, even Raheem Mostert, who I, I don't, yes. you know, it makes me nervous. I don't think he's a long-term solution for the rest of the season, but nobody believes him. You can get him for a third, and he's a fine plug-and-play for the next couple of weeks if you're just waiting out Taylor's ankle injury, whatever it might be. Um, just look for these guys that nobody really likes but are just sneakily putting up, you know, six to eight PPR points per game. 
Yeah, I, I got another peacock for you here, Dad. Isaiah Pacheco. Yes. Let this guy fly. Let him. I mean, to me, Let him he looks his like wings. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he looks explosive out there. He looks like a, a stronger, more physical running back that I haven't really seen in KC. And if we know Andy Reid and we know KC, they're going to give a shot to, a, a, you know, a, a running back with less draft capital like Pacheco. And, I mean, yeah, CEH is looking fine, but the guy is not exactly a big dude. If he goes down gets hurt, can you imagine Isaiah Pacheco right now? Yeah, McKinnon will probably mm-hmm. maintain the third back role, and they might give this guy the rock. And as the course of the season goes on, even if CEH is there, what if he becomes the goal line back? He looks more physical to me. I'm not saying he's got the receiving capabilities there that CEH does, but I, I really like that one as a cheap one as well. And, and we're, we're just advocating when it comes to running backs, it's more is more. You know, it's not a less is more. Like, I like to have those upper end wide receivers and have six or seven of them, but then have a whole 10, 12 of these kind of guys. I mean, yeah. you know, Justice Hill is at 6.6 yards per carry. Mel, or, uh, Gus Edwards is a guy that you can just stash on your IR because mm-hmm. we're not sure what, what Dobbins is going to be, but that's an elite offense. Uh, Mung and I talked last week about Samaje Pirine. You know, he's a, has the ability mm-hmm. to put up points. Eno Benjamin, Darrell Williams. I mean, I feel like we start stashing some of these guys Definitely. for that Definitely. stretch run. Yeah. And plug and play when we need to, you know, and I, I think that's always a great way in Dynasty to alternatively then to sell that 23 first because you don't want to be w- what I just shared. And that hurt me to even tell you guys about that one. That I did that deal with my brother. That was even the worst part because oh, it was like J.K. Dobbins for Dalvin Cook and J.K. Dobbins was out the whole year. I was like, who cares, right? I'm going to go win it all, you know, and, and I, I did win money out of the league and that part was nice. But then I lost Jamar Chase and I'm like, Oh geez, like that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's painful. That'll haunt you. And yeah. this is the type of class where you do those kind of moves, and you're gonna lose a a, a bootay. Yeah. You're gonna lose a Smith and Jigba, and you're gonna it's gonna hurt. You know, and that's mm-hmm. why we have really been advocating making those twenty three first insulated trades. When we're talking other guys, yeah, there are two quarterbacks right now where you know I I had a matchup this weekend where I had Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, and they got outscored by sixty points. By Geno Smith and Jared Goff. So, I mean, <laughs> right now, Dynasty Trade Calculator has them both worth a 23-second plus. And I've tried to sell Geno where I have him. No one's necessarily buying. And I'm okay rolling him out there because there's guys that are struggling yeah. like, you know, Matthew Stafford. Like, I know it feels dirty, but Geno Smith is putting up more points. You know, like, yeah. there are guys out there struggling like Kirk Cousins, like, I mean, Tom Brady looks like he's turned the corner. But Goff and Geno seem to be guys that are going to be putting up points week in and week out because the defenses are poor. Yeah, and I mean, Mung, I looked it up after you said it earlier. You, you were right. The Lions are number one in scoring. Most total touchdowns scored so far this year. The Detroit Lions over the Chiefs, Eagles, Ravens, Bills, and the Seahawks. What? They're at the- number eight. The tricky part is you you start to look at it and you're like, oh, man, well, it says, you know, fantasy points per position. They're all weaker teams that they've played. But that's also because Jared Goff has put up big numbers on every single one of them. I mean, he has he's had two weeks. He's going to golf some weeks. But I mean, he's had two weeks over 30 fantasy points that that are winning you leagues. Yeah, I think that, you know, maybe it's not sustainable week in, week out, but those teams both will have to play from behind and keep airing it out. So I, I like both quarterbacks. I think I'd be willing to pay um, maybe a second and a third mm-hmm. if I really needed it a couple seconds, maybe. Maybe it's like a later year second that you could recoup later down the road and you, you plug these guys in, you're going to have a serviceable QB too. I, I like both moves. And this one is going to make me cringe, but I've made this offer out there and I, I – and. Mung, you know I love Matthew Stafford, but I've offered Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff in a 23 first in multiple leagues, seeing if that is something that he, people even pan out. I mean, I that the Rams situation is really, really, it, it hurts. It's hard to watch, yeah. And it, it is very difficult to watch. And I know, you know, he's had a couple good games in there, but right now he is the QB 25 behind Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield. And that, like, that stings hard. 
Yeah, I so between Goff and Geno Smith, I will say I believe more in Goff um, mm-hmm. rest of season for the reasons that we mentioned earlier. Uh, again, their defense forcing the shootouts, and then just the talent around him. I they agree. have a much better offensive that. line than mm-hmm. Seattle. Um, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I have Goff ranked right next to Mac Jones right now in Dynasty. Uh, so if you can get Goff Whoa. plus a second for Mac Jones and Superflex and you're contending, I, I would be happy to do that. Um, Geno Smith, I'm a little bit more nervous about. We saw last year that he just wasn't great filling in for Russell Wilson. And everyone's, you know, I, I loved him. He was my top streaming quarterback option mm-hmm. in my article that I do for Fantrax last week. Uh, so I, I loved him. I love everyone against the Lions defense, right? <laughs> he was uh, a good streamer. Oh, I, I, I looked that up, who they play in the fantasy playoffs, and it's Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. And you're like, ooh, can Justin Fields be? You know, like I was hoping it was going to be like Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady or, you know, some guys that you could really look at and assess. But it's like, uh, nope. Yeah, but I, I'm a little more hesitant to buy into Geno rest of season just yet. Uh, I, I will say he's looked good, right? He didn't write back mm-hmm. to the haters who wrote him off. But uh, still, you know, I, I would be more amenable to investing in golf rest of, rest of season. Mm-hmm. I yeah, will also fair. say I'm not 100% panicking on Stafford just yet. I, I know they just lost another lineman that's definitely not good. They've got Dallas the coming bad. up. Um, that's going to be a rough showing, I think. But uh, I, I, I would definitely sell him for a 2023 first plus golf. I'll say that right now, especially if you're contending. But that said, I, I do think, you know, better days are on the horizon. They played the Bills week one. They played the yeah. Niners this mm-hmm. past week. Right, right. Uh, I yep. mean, just a tough schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. and after the bye, too, the Niners again, then Tampa Bay. But it opens up after that, right? Um, a, a lot more, a lot more uh, easier matchups the second half of the season. So, yeah, if you can sell Stafford for a good profit, especially a golf plus a first, absolutely. Um, otherwise, he might be a buy low come the second half of the year. Yeah, second half of sucked, the year. After mm-hmm. he sucked against the Niners and the Bucks in weeks eight and nine, then maybe target Stafford going up against okay. Arizona and then shootouts with Kansas City and then Seattle uh, twice over the second half of the year. I love it. I love it. This guys, this has been a great show. Fun talking to the other guys, getting the crew back together. It's like a well-oiled machine, like <laughs> our mark, you know, like dude, it's just, it's like old friends getting back together every two weeks or every week. But guys, I, I love it. I one thing I want to end on here is I want each one of you guys to just give me that one buy. Like we all do this, right? We talk about mm-hmm. I, I go through and I have a guy I want and in all eighteen leagues I'll send something out. You know, just just a okay. feeler, see what we can get. For me, it's Kenny Pickett. I've been saying it before that I was getting the 24 first. Showed a little bit of that running dazzle, and I think we're going to start to see an, an evolution here where he is going to be a QB2 this year. There's going to be some ugly games, I'm not going to lie, but I feel like fantasy-wise there's some definite upside there, and I'm still going out there and trying to buy Kenny Pickett. John, who's one guy right now that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're actively pursuing? I'm going to throw out this one, James Robinson. J-Rob. Okay. I actually think rest of season, he's going to put up consistent RB2 numbers, and I think you could buy him low after that Jacksonville-Philadelphia game, which was a total mess in the weather, and the Philly D is legit. So um, I like that one. I think he's going to outperform ETN for the rest of the season, and he could still be bought for fairly cheap, so that's mine. like it. Mom. Yeah, I mean – Love talking to you guys. I could talk about football with you guys for hours on end. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have to meet up at some point in real life, grab some beers, and just yes. watch football, talk football. Done. Um, for the time being, uh, I, I will leave uh, the listeners with two things from this podcast. One, just to reiterate what we talked about before, um, panic buying is just as bad as panic selling. Again, you can make do with paying a second for a Miles Sanders, a Devin Singletary, or someone like that to be a stopgap measure for the next few weeks and see how your team does without going out and immediately spending a first uh, on a running back, um, and especially an older running back, and really you know, just panic buying after losing someone. Um, number two, I will echo John, where I, am, I would be aggressively buying Isaiah Pacheco if I didn't already have him in pretty much every single league. Yeah, um, baby. He was someone who was a, a third, fourth round rookie pick even earlier mm-hmm. this summer. And mm-hmm. um, 
just looking at the metrics, he, he's a phenomenal. And just looking at him run against Tampa Bay, even uh, yeah. the burst is there. Any injury to McKinnon or, or CEH, and Pacheco could just take the lead job and never look back. He has the potential to be, you know, that season where Kareem Hunt just came out of nowhere uh, <laughs> and became a top five running back. That you that's his it. ceiling. Yeah. Um, and, and I've bumped him way up. I think he's RB thirty five in my most recent dynasty rankings update. Um, on the cusp of that first round range, which is not to say I would pay a first round. You know, don't do that. Um, but I, I certainly I don't know that I would sell for a second right now. I'd rather hold and see what happens. And if you're looking to buy, I would even, you know, I'd be happy to tack on a third to a second-round rookie pick if that's what it takes to get it done, just for that pure upside. I like it. I like it. For the, uh, like, four of you that are actually watching on YouTube, flipped around my Smash Accept trucker hat. Guys, head over to Viridian Global. Uh, check us out for, for Smash. We'll be having some codes there. They got T-shirts. They got hoodies. You know, we're working on all kinds of stuff there. So if you guys want to support the podcast, that would be fantastic. Thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy the process. Hey, yo.